when you fail, it can really um, destroy you. It can make you feel badly about yourself. It can bring up all the negative thoughts that you've tried to quiet. Um, it can really, you know, at least for me, it could mess with me. And so I realized that in failing, I was trying to avoid failure because I didn't like how it made me feel after. And once I started going into the growth mindset, I started to realize, wow, I can actually use the failures to empower me. It's all about perspective. Mm. And so if I fail, if I fall on my face and everyone's a witness of it, and I pick up and I'm going, yeah, I failed. And you know what? I'm that much stronger for it. And I can say it with utter confidence. Then all the outside noise of like, I told you so, or I knew you were going to fail. It doesn't matter because I know that I've just got stronger for it. And no one, no haters, no one, no judge, you know, anyone that's going to judge you can take that away from you ever. Welcome to Black Belt Beauty Radio, a podcast fueled by a passion to support your journey in developing your most beautiful and optimal performance in life. Each episode is driven with the intention to elevate your mind. When we elevate our mind, we elevate our life. So get ready. It's time to rise. Hey, what's up, people? Welcome back to Black Puppy Radio. I've got an incredible conversation to share with all of you today. I'm so excited to present my badass friend, Lisa Bilyeu, to all of you. Lisa went from housewife to world-class entrepreneur, you guys, and I don't say that lightly. Her and her husband are the founders of the billion-dollar company, Quest Nutrition. Lisa is also the president of Impact Theory, which is ultimately a media company, but is also one of my personal favorite shows that delivers incredibly valuable content that is all meant to, you know, help us all become better versions of ourselves. In my opinion, I think it over delivers. And there are other shows that spin off impact theory, like relationship theory with her and her husband, Tom Bilyeu. It is so real. I love it so much. Health theory, where the biology geek in me just is always excited to take in that content. And then Lisa is the host of her own badass show called Women of Impact. You know, a show that brings on very empowered women who are making, you know, very big, important statements in their lives and in this world. It's just an absolute favorite way for me to you know, basically download more content that is elevating my mind, empowering me, inspiring me, all of the above. So, you know, in addition to all of this incredible stuff that Lisa has been doing and is currently doing, Lisa is a woman who is just, you know, keeping it so real in her life and in everything that she's doing and that she's sharing. And I I like putting emphasis on that because, you know, it's one thing to be this incredible entrepreneur, but it's another thing to be an incredible entrepreneur who's keeping it real the whole way through, throughout the mission, throughout the process. And that means, you know, you're not just highlighting all the highs, but you're actually sharing the the messy parts, the kind of lows, the challenges too. And that's what I find really, really inspiring, you know, especially in this day and age where we tend to see most of just the highlight reels, right? Lisa doesn't roll like that. And so, you know, 
upon meeting Lisa, which you'll learn about in this episode, it was immediate that I just adored her. So I already had reverence for, you know, her as, you know, an entrepreneur, what she's been creating, what she's been doing. But when I met her, man, it was just like, can we be friends? You know, she was so present and real with me in the moment. And, you know, I just, I'm so, so grateful that, you know, first of all, she said yes to do podcasts, but then really the the yes turned into yes, let's be friends. And so you guys, I have no doubt in my mind that this conversation is going to elevate your mindset inspire you, make you believe in that kind of bigger version of you that's living in you. And it's also going to make you want to be Lisa's friend too. And, you know, stay connected to, to what she's doing. She's doing so much. Um, I can go on and on, but let me just let you take in the incredible story, process, mindset, heart, and truth that comes from my friend, Lisa Bilyeu. Enjoy. Hi, Lisa. Hey. <laughs> really, I'm notorious for starting these podcasts with a full-on fucking cackle. Yeah. And F-bombs. Hi, thank you. What's up, honey? I'm so excited to hang out. Oh my out. God, you know I am. I'm so, I have to say this on record. You know, when I met you at P1440 in Vegas... I already had, there was admiration for what I learned about you, listening to podcasts with you on it, and just knowing what you've been doing and what you're up to. But it's that situation where you just never know yeah. how someone's going to be in real life. And, you know, Carrie Walsh, any of my best friends, I feel like everybody knows who this is <laughs> by now. I was telling her afterwards, I was like, man, you know, because I'm very receptive to truth, to mm. realness, to energy. And immediately going up to you, it was like pause, present. You were right there with me. And I just felt authenticity and it was so appreciated. Aww. So I just wanted to put that on record in this podcast that like from the get, I already had admiration, but then you just expanded it. So I am so excited to be here with you right now. Thank you. Can I actually just say quickly the flip side of meeting you yes. for the first time? <laughs> so I'm there, we're doing this interview and you just come up to me you're like, Lisa, I think you're freaking great. And Immediately, it was your energy. Like you had this, you've got this beautiful smile and this super infectious energy. And you just like, are just you speak bad arsery. Like, <laughs> and so I was like, I freaking love this girl. Like, I have no idea who she is, um, but there's something so freaking cool about you. And I was like, she's just badass, and I'm not even sure why. Like, I don't, I don't know why I'm getting that vibe from her right now. But you were just, you were so sweet and authentic and cool that I was like, I gotta get to know this woman more. Wow. Oh, damn girl blushing <laughs> over here thank you oh, cool. that goes straight to my heart I appreciate you only the truth my dear uh, always um, okay so I'm excited we have so much to cover because you are one of my favorite kind of humans can't put you in a box dynamic <laughs> as fuck and so I want to try and extract as much from you as I possibly can in the time that we have let's do um, it one place I want to start is if and when, when people ask, what do you do, right? Mm -hmm. It's like that classic question. Yeah. 
What do you tell them? It's funny, actually. I just got this question from an Uber driver like two days ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Oh, God, I don't really like saying that. And as, as I literally was saying it out loud, and I was like, you know what? I was like, it's kind of a weird word. I don't know. Like, And I, I, I just started mumbling like I'm doing now. <laughs> I was like, I, and the driver's just like looking at me like, all I asked was your one question. But it was weird because so many people now using the word entrepreneur, not that it's a bad thing at no. all, but it doesn't actually define you anymore. Mm-mm. Like, I cause agree. I, yeah. So I don't actually. You even said like you don't put me in a box. I don't yeah. put myself in a box, which is why I struggle with telling people what I do, because what I do and the businesses I own, like they all kind of go into one. Sure. Yeah. No, I figured that, and that's why it's almost like a trick question in a way yeah. because I feel like it. It can't be that easy to to answer, but I also think that there's. Relevance, it's important because we're in a time, I think, where slowly it's starting to become more accepted that you don't have to be one thing. Right. You know, I think that is such a, you know, thing of the past. And it doesn't mean it's easy when you're somebody living, walking that walk, uh, because it's certainly more easy to just be like, this is who I am. This is what I do, mm-hmm. right? So it gets a little tricky when you're like, I'm a, um, well, actually, and uh, add a little bit of this and that. So it was just fun to ask you the question. Yeah, and I've, I've actually struggled with it my entire life because yeah. I was a housewife for eight years and I didn't like that title either. And so I actually made up a title. Me and my husband came up with a title because I said to him, like, I don't like the feeling of being a housewife. Even though I feel like I'm being a housewife to serve our future goal, which was to build a business sure. um, and just give context my we had agreed my husband was going to go out and build the business. I was going to support from the house, all the bills, everything. And that was like our dynamic for to, to be able to go to our future goal. Um, and so for eight years, I was a housewife and I didn't like it. So we ended up giving me a title of um, president of Billu Enterprises. <laughs> I have no idea what Billu Enterprises exists. Enterprises, so cool yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I understand how that type of thing can affect you emotionally, and if you don't feel good about yourself emotionally, then you're going to act accordingly, right? If you have low self esteem, you're going to act accordingly. If you feel great about yourself, you're going to act accordingly. I agree. And I recognize that housewife didn't make me feel good about myself. Not that it's a bad thing at all. Sure. It just I didn't like it. It didn't make me feel. It good. didn't resonate with it you. It didn't. No. Yeah. Well, just a snapshot since you brought that up. And I'm so excited because there's so much territory to go into there. But just to give reference, so you and your husband, Tom Billiou, you built Quest Nutrition. We did, yeah. Right? Like, was it the second fastest private company grown in America? Yeah, so second fastest uh, growing company in North America. um, And we were growing at 57,000% year over year for three years. And we went from zero to a billion dollars in five years. So pretty quick. (laughs) It's incredible. Um, Okay, so we're going to go back to that. But what I'm so excited to start with is I want to know about like young Lisa, your your family, where you come from, your siblings, where are you from? Yeah, so from England, um, London, brought up in a very traditional Greek Orthodox family. Um, and I really had just a passion for art and creative. And I remember when I was going to college, I really wanted to study film because the goal was at the time I was going to be the first female to win an Academy Award for directing. Now, Catherine Bigelow has since beat me to it, but that was absolutely (laughs) my goal at the time. And 
my dad was um, being very Greek. It was, you should go into academics. Like, what is this movie business? Your head is in the clouds. And I was relentless. And I just kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And eventually, my dad in his big, thick Greek accent turned around to me and said, eh, you're going to be a home wife anyway. It doesn't matter. So really, he was like, you're going to be a wife. So it doesn't really matter what you're going to study. Because you're in Tom and Matt at that No, point, no. Just because I'm a woman. Oh, yeah, because wow. I, yeah. Amazing. That's okay. How so does that he, make you feel? Um, It wasn't really surprising because it was, because it was cultural yeah. I come from a very traditional Greek background so it wasn't very surprising but it, it it so didn't ring true to me that even when he said it I literally thought cool if this is what you have to think to let me go and study film then I'm gonna let you think that. and I kind of just was like great I didn't let it um, upset me or affect my self-esteem or anything like that it kind of I think put maybe a little chip on my shoulder which I think can be very powerful that's what I was thinking in my head I'm like I wonder if that lit a fire in your yeah 100 percent did you have do you have siblings I do so I have an older brother and older sister and two younger brothers and are you oh cool big family yeah. me too family of five are you guys close well my parents and my two younger brothers actually from my dad's se- separate marriage okay. but um, my parents had a really good divorce if you possibly can have a good divorce and so when they were born, um, they called my mum auntie. I mean, it was like That's it was, nice. it was, yeah, we were very close and they would come over on Christmas day and say hi. And so it was, we're, we're a very close family. Um, but I'm the only one, at least at, to, at the beginning, that stepped out of the comfort zone uh, completely. My brother, very traditional, went and learned math. My sister was going to be a teacher. Um, so I was the one that was the crazy kid that was like, I'm going to go to Los Angeles and make movies. <laughs> yeah, And I just, no one had heard, it's like, you, A, you live in London. B, you're Greek. I don't know why that made a difference, but it somehow did. Yeah. That if you're not born into that world, that it can't be done. Sure. And it was very much like the mentality that I was brought up with. And I, I wish I could tell you that I didn't, that I had to fight it emotionally. But the truth was, I was like, I really believe this is going to happen. Um, Where do you think that came from? Was it um, just like a probably stubbornness probably really wanting it I mean I think you know I mean you tell me right when you want something Mm -hmm. it's like sometimes there's nothing that's going to stop you and sometimes when you let things stop you it's actually a good way to assess that I really want it bad enough I agree I love that okay so you so you had an idea you had a vision essentially um and then and you drive forward, so you put yourself in school. Mm-hmm. You went to school abroad? Or so, you- no, in London. So I went okay. to, yeah, so I studied filmmaking in London. That's amazing. Yeah. And then, and you were a tomboy. We started talking about that yeah, a yeah. growing up. So you played, did you play sports? Not really. I mean, I kind of like dabbled in soccer and things like that. Yeah. But I loved roller skating. Yeah. We both see you doing that. You look so Yeah. Oh, I had the shorts on and then the, the big <laughs> That's so perfect. chunky roller skates. Um, um, okay. That's amazing. Um, okay. So you go to school. Yeah. And what happens from there? Do you finish and then you... So yeah, I I go to school, I studied filmmaking by the end of my three years, because in England, a degree is only three years, it's not four. So I finished my degree and I was like, I know how to use a camera. I learned all the old school um, shoot on film, shoot a millimeter and all. Yeah, it's amazing, but it's not useful. Sure. So I leave college on my last kind of month of college and I'm like, if you put me in the director position right now, I wouldn't have a clue what to do. I'd know how to operate a camera. I'd know how to change a film without light getting exposed, you know, exposing it to light. But I have no idea how to develop a character. I have no idea how to direct. 
And I was always one, I was like, if I want to know it, then it's up to me to figure it out. Um, and so my friend gave me this brochure and she was like, there's this film school in Los Angeles called the New York Film Academy and they shoot on the back lots at Universal Studios and it's like a three month private course. You just basically pay money and you go. So I'm like, wow, like this is my this is my breakthrough chance, right? Totally. I'm gonna go there, I'm gonna meet Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I mean, I was, you know, gonna go crush it. And I, so I was like, great, but where the hell am I gonna find? I think it was like $10,000. And I was like, where the hell am I gonna find $10,000 from for this course? So I turned around to my dad, the, the guy that didn't believe in me. So I turned around to my dad and now I have to convince him to give me $10,000 to go to, to school in America. <laughs> And so he was like, no. And again, I was just relentless. And eventually he said, all right, um, put together a plan for me. Because my dad's he became a very good businessman. So he was all about business. And he's like, well, put a plan together. Do me a pros and a cons and, why, and tell me exactly why you should go. And I took that shit seriously. I was like, I'm not going to miss this opportunity. And I still live that by that now it's like yeah. if you have an opportunity you better fucking go off can i swear sorry oh okay God, long. <laughs> okay i started with five. oh yeah that's true actually <laughs> yeah. you did so i better go after it with the uttermost ferocity yes. because it may never come again and it, that is then down to me on how i took that opportunity so i put a presentation together i sit my dad down i go through a big chart of like this is why i should this is the downside but don't worry about the downside of thought about how to overcome it and i pitched him and he said yes and so but then he was he made me promise he's like okay so once you've done this you're gonna come back to england and you're gonna then start looking for a job you need to promise me that's gonna be the next transition i was like yeah absolutely and so I went to America and day one, I walk into the film school and Tom is standing there in, oh, in, in the yes. office. I was hoping we were going to let yeah. you, I haven't heard that story. Yeah, he was my teacher. What? He was my <laughs> film school teacher. Has this been said before? Um, <laughs> randomly in place. This but yeah, And he completely ignored me for two months, which of course, <laughs> if other women listening like me like he knew how to work it right like it was sure. a hot guy I was so interested in and he didn't give me the time of day which made me even more interested in him of course of course <laughs> don't I, I need to really understand the psychology behind that but like and so after the first two months I had one month left and it was on my final we were just making our final films okay. and that was when he started flirting we exchanged numbers he asked me out on a date and that first date was um it was the best day I've ever been on in my life. And I'm not saying that because my husband, he became my husband because I really mean that that was the most oh, amazing I day. It. I feel it yeah. right now. Like my heart is expanding for Aww. you. It's incredible. Thank you. Wow. But so, the, yeah, I mean. Happily ever after. Well, yeah. Well, the reason why it was the best day was I had the um, perception that it's just going to be a, like, couple of dates it's gonna be a hot fling I'm gonna go home to England have a really cool story to tell my friends and when I'm 90 and I'm telling my grandchildren that grandma was once a hot you know um 21 year old I'm gonna tell them that yes I even had you know I was hot enough that I hooked up with a hot American dude right so like I'm just thinking like this is gonna be fun you were light about it you weren't it's attached not to at the all outcome. not just enjoying exactly yes. and him he just got out of a relationship okay. so he was thinking where the girl was a little clingy mm. so he's like this is amazing she has to legally leave the country because her visa <laughs> runs out <laughs> and, and okay. you know and so as long as I treat her well and don't disrespect her like this could be just like a fun thing so that first day 
I've never been on a date like that where he was so brutally honest about everything. I mean, he spoke about spoke about like pornography and the fact that, of course, guys watch porn. You know, what I mean, like yeah, it was that no, type of totally. conversation where we were so r- raw yeah. and you know about sex and about life. And I wasn't posturing; he wasn't posturing to try and you know like you know you just try to impress someone oh, to get absolutely. that second date. Yeah, and neither of us did that. And, you know, going that was 18 years ago. That, congratulations. Thank you. That is incredible. So, um, wow, there's so much to pick <laughs> apart with that. Like, geez. Okay, so, well, I think it's a good segue, actually, into... Because um, you're saying all this stuff, right? And I'm listening, and I'm like, okay, the, the, the pitching to your dad and strategies. Because yeah. one thing that is so obvious to me when I absorb you and and you and Tom together and things that you guys create what you're doing now I'm like damn they are full of strategies also you're relentless like that's (laughs) something that's just continuing and expanding and then you know another part is like one thing that I really admire specifically when I listen to you speak about your relationship with your husband with Tom your level of communication Mm. is to me, it's outstanding, Thank um, you. and I think that it's very healthy. I feel like it's, and I, I feel like it's actually very unique. Like how you just said, first date, you're coming at each other in truth, mm-hmm. and and there's a lot of rawness there. And I mean, that's to me, that's the ultimate foundation. That's ideal, right? Yeah, but it's, it's not easy. No, I can't imagine, especially when you have to talk about the hard things and point out in the other person something that isn't good mm-hmm. because a like i really do believe if you um you have to think truth and speak truth or you have to hear truth and speak truth and if i'm really going to have that relationship where we are so intertwined now i know a lot of people listening probably think that's actually not healthy but my perspective is i want to be intertwined i want to feel like we are so freaking united um but you have to work at it right you can't just give your trust over to somebody and say hey hope you you know treat my heart well no you have to work at it and really build at it but we really do have a foundation where we are so honest with each other in spite of knowing that this could really hurt them well, I feel like it's real love. Mm. This is just my opinion right. on it. And I feel like it's reverent. Yeah. Like when you really, I've said this before in a podcast, but I remember dating someone this so many years ago. And then, you know, I there were things where he was just, I, I started to discover insecurities. It was ba- basically kind of deteriorating my, you know, feelings for him in that mm-hmm. way romantically. And, but I cared about him. And so I had to sit down and I was like, I love you. Mm-hmm but we can't go on anymore like this because I know where this is going to go based mm-hmm. on where you are. We need to be friends and I can continue loving you. It's just going to be different. And at first it wasn't easy. For the rest of the year, we're still friends to this day. He always wow, comes out. that's that cool. to me, like, that was the most respect I ever got. It was hard for you, I'm sure. But anyways, I don't want to get in the weeds because I can really easy. But, you know, <laughs> it's just to say that, that I understand that that is hard, but ultimately what you end up building is what you guys have been building yeah. which is something that is, it feels very beautiful very real so Thank let's go back all that. right <laughs> let's let's go deep let's do this okay so so you meet tom so obviously that's a wrap on the idea of going back where are you with your the vision of becoming a director mm. at that point now that you meet tom and i feel like you guys are very similar independently with your relentlessness with your 
you know, having visions and goals and then, you know, driving towards them. Yeah. And here's the the tricky thing, though. It has worked so beautifully for us. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if we hadn't adopted strategies and tactics and implemented them every single day, it could have been the worst thing that happened to us. Because when you have two people that are very strong minded, believe in themselves, you know, have extreme confidence doesn't mean that I don't have days where I have complete failing my confidence in myself. But as an overall, um, when you have two people that are like that, sometimes it can create fire and um, not the good kind of fire, right? The fire that like burns down the forest. Sure. So we had to be very careful about how do we make sure that we respect each other, that we hear each other, that we take each other's opinions into account, that we can admit and create a space where you can say, you know what, I'm wrong, and the person doesn't then use it against you. Um, that's very important. Like that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And then knowing that if someone's telling you something bad, if someone's criticizing you, you have to believe to the core of your being they're saying it because they want what's best for you sure it's the ultimate trust 100 right? knowing where they come from exactly that's beautiful um and so having those personalities we realized from a very early on age as we were in the dating phase that we could have this beautiful um dance that we could do but then also we could have the danger the, the danger in the fire so how do you make sure that you're utilizing the great things that the fire can bring and then making sure that you actually don't let it then just burn down the entire house um that took a lot of time and even now after 18 years girl it's like new strategies i change he changes so something that i thought was important to him last year or two years ago is no longer important so okay well i have to understand who you are today not who you were a month ago that's see that's so amazing that like where does that even come from i feel because when i say it's not common yeah um i don't believe that it is it's something that i really it resonates with me and i thought it's like this fluid and dynamic ongoing conversation Mm -hmm. it's not linear it's not like it can't be it's not fixed we are not fixed Mm -hmm. but to it's essentially like you look at it from a very zoomed out perspective and and also like from a place of real love. Like mm-hmm. obviously what is the goal for both of you? Yeah. Always. You nailed, you know, I mean, that's that <laughs> yeah. you absolutely nailed it, right? It's sitting down as a couple and going, okay, what is the goal of us collective as a family? So like as the billions, what is that goal? What is that goal in business? Or even what is that goal in life? Because whether you are in business together or whether you're husband and wife and you want kids, I think you need to have that conversation because if your goal isn't the same, then you've got a problem. Sure. So let's say you're a couple and um, you're talking about having children, for instance. Well, if your goal is to, let's say, build um, one of the biggest, most thriving companies in sports, let's Mm. just say. It's like, okay, well, what does that actually take? Because how are you going to build that and come home and be um have dinner with your family at 6 p.m i don't know how you do both um and so when tom and i evolved just in our relationship and then talking about having kids and then building a business together we spoke about this and every step of the way we we just okay where do you land do you still feel the same you did last year where you said that you wanted to build this business do you still want children like i desperately wanted kids when we first got married being we called the dogs mm. that i was i didn't actually think about how i was going to be a director and have a family but the family thing was definitely in my mind it wasn't an option like i didn't think of it as sure. being an option right 
Um, and then when I started to find business and I started to love it and I started to really come alive and find myself, I asked myself the hard questions like, do I still want children? And so we had to sit down again. And the one thing he never did, he didn't throw it in my face saying, well, hang on a minute. When we got married eight years ago, you said that you did. And now you're switching up the game. It's like, imagine that happened. Like I how can you communicate when someone's going to be dogmatic like that? And you even right. said, right, it's linear. It's like you said this and then this. It's like, well, no, I change. I've evolved. Right. Yes. And I feel like that's probably, I imagine, one of the hardest things to do in a relationship because as humans, especially growth-minded individuals, you know, vision-led individuals like yourself and Tom, you're con- you're reaching for the change, for mm-hmm. the growth of expression, Right. So to be able to surf with each other, you know, throughout all those changes is, it can't be easy. Yeah. I'm I'm putting, I'm giving a lot of respect to the fact that while it's so beautiful and it's so impressive and admirable, I'm also giving credit to the fact that I can't imagine it being easy. Yeah. And the funny thing is, for some reason, people will look at mine or Tom's relationship and be like... I don't know how you guys do it. it can't be easy but think about a mother having a kid yeah how freaking difficult is that jesus i mean sure. you don't even get your, your sleep yeah. um think about someone starting a business right it's not easy now everyone accepts those things aren't easy but they're willing to put in the energy right to have a kid no one thinks well having a kid is isn't easy so i'm not going to do it no you just figure it out totally right you like you make sure that you get up in the middle of the night you read the books you need to read you adjust as a parent when you see one strategy or technique to teach your kid something isn't working you do that in your business if your business isn't getting the right revenue that you need you you have to change strategies you have to look at how much money you're putting out you have to look at your marketing plan and so you don't it's not easy but people kind of expect it but with the relationship for some reason there's something there that people think because the heart's involved it should be easy Mm. and that it should come naturally you should want to be with your partner and love your partner and accept him for everything he is hell no like I'm gonna be (laughs) honest no like I don't want Tom to accept me if I start becoming a bitch right like I want him to call me on it right yeah, and so I don't just want him to love me no matter what. Like, no, that that that's not right. Yeah, and the same with him. If he's if he's starting to get um, distracted by business and he's not giving me any time, then no, we have to address that. We have to make sure that we're always aligned. And it's hard, but we're going to do it. Just like in the business, and just like with kids, you're so committed. You're committed, and so I think people just need to change the way they see relationships sure. and put the same amount of energy you would in a business or having a kid into the partner that you're with and say do I want this relationship to work yes or no if I want it to work then I have to give it everything I've got I can't just expect it to happen I can't expect romance to just appear right it doesn't you have to work at the romance you have to tell your partner you want romance sorry now I'm just like you've just got me on like a whole tangent (laughs) no I love that so much because again I think it's a very important message because for the most part it I mean we're still coming off of these movies and this time period where right. the way it's been fed to us and I think that's you know it's not like it's everyone's fault it's like it's been fed to us like oh you know when he stops doing this or she stops doing this like he doesn't care she doesn't care it's bullshit right. like it's I don't connect with that at mm-hmm. all so I love that you just said that please if you want to expand on it <laughs> yeah I mean <laughs> I was going to say you're going to say she just flipped her hair 
That was amazing. Um, I mean, but here's the thing is that people do expect it to be easy. And once you can just say, no, it's difficult, but I'm willing to put in the effort, right? Now you've got your buy-in. And so with me and Tom, we bought into it. We're like, okay, are you willing to do what it takes? Yes or no? Am I willing to do what it takes? Yes or no? Okay, now we've bought into the effort we're doing. Now how do you actually do it then that starts like okay step by step for me and tom it was defining our roles in our relationship love it because again being very strong Mm -hmm. for me i feel like i'm I'm independent but there's always also a part of me that i'm very traditional i want i want to be a good wife i want to take care of my husband i want to see him sitting at the head of the table like it's so we're so the same right there girl i'm so alpha but i love in the presence of the man that i love to become I, he's so alpha yeah i interrupted you but no no I no, no please and in fact i got yeah. a question for you yeah. growing up did you think that it was possible to have both you know i actually have because my oh. mother who's a legend you know i grew up with a mom who is so strong and such an alpha female i mean honestly everyone in my family is pretty alpha um, and, but she's so feminine and she's so, I mean, I'm talking red long nails, red lips, like she's Great a hairstylist. Mom. No, she's fierce. She nice. taught me how to walk. She taught me how, she taught me how to be not a girl, a woman. And I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, I think there's something to be said, and this is obviously just me, but being a very strong female, my day-to-day life I live from a very masculine energy, mm. right? Logic, reason, building businesses, doing it, which is beautiful and I love it. But my feminine energy is so robust and I feel like it gets to step on stage. My masculine energy takes a hike when I'm in the presence of my man. Mm. And that is everything that I want. It's like how I... I it just feels so good to me. So I don't know if, yeah. That's amazing Ugh. because I, th- I think that, I don't think a lot of pe- women have that. At least for me, I was brought, like my mom is very strong-minded, but she's very nurturing. And so she gave up her entire life to be a, a mother and to take care of the kids. And when my parents got divorced, my dad was very sweet and he was like, look, I'll keep pro- providing for you financially. You should stay home with the kids because, you know, that's what yeah. you want. And I think that that's good for our children and my mom turned around and was like well no I need to feel like I'm my own woman if we're not together anymore so I need to, if I buy my kids something I want to know that I earned it and so here she is this woman who was independent but still was like I'm going to be home at five o'clock every day I'm going to cook for my kids every day so I didn't really get the like the entrepreneur woman like hardcore yeah. in business and be with the same type of guy and so I didn't actually realize it was possible until I started saying to myself well why not that's amazing that little piece right there Mm. like where does that come from right because most people would be conditioned in that situation to be like it's not possible yeah and I think the reason why I'm putting emphasis and little pin there is because that bleeds into so many other areas Mm -hmm. of your life Mm -hmm. well why not yeah right so then it came from a naive place because I really meant, but why not? <laughs> you know, like from, as a kid, I was like, I don't understand why. Like, yeah. why can't I do that? It really was naivety at the beginning. Amazing. And understanding when people would give me a reason that it actually didn't make sense to me. It's like, okay, well, I can find a reason around that. Like I can mm. find something that makes, that can actually push back on that. And so sure. when I realized that people's reasonings usually come from their conditioning. Yes. 
Yes. Then I was like, okay, it's their conditioning that makes them think it's not possible. And so and now I almost, anytime someone says, and I'm like, why not? It, just, it comes naturally. I've kind of trained myself to say it. Well, curiosity is so essential, yeah. right? I yeah. mean, that's, it's, it, mm-hmm. it's important. I feel like for so many different reasons, um, continue I cut you off yeah no 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 (laughs) um I can't remember where uh, where, oh so so I didn't think that initially that I could be this badass independent woman and want a husband to lead um I didn't think it was possible I thought it was very confusing for people and so that that oh that doesn't put me into a box right like oh what box am I am I supposed to fit in right and then eventually I having a husband who actually loves seeing me empowered loves seeing me be my own person love seeing me be confident and independent and encourages it um is obviously very important because i think you do need that support system versus if you you want to be that and you've got a partner that's trying to hold you down and um, that just becomes toxic right I, with someone trying to hold you back yeah i agree there's something very powerful when you're with someone who you know in our case it's like you're a man my man who it's the same deal like I'm empowered Mm -hmm. you know but I can still feel like that little safe you know right but it's it's yeah it's and sometimes I'm I'm not going to be ashamed to say yeah sometimes I want to be like this little softy and I want him to protect me and and there's nothing and I used to be embarrassed to say that right because I yeah, yeah because I thought if I'm this strong confident woman can I or is it right to admit out loud I want to be protected by a man? Mm. Right? It's like, mm-hmm. isn't that contradictory, Lisa? Sure. Like, aren't you actually saying two different things? It's like, no. I want my husband. I don't need him. And I think that's where the difference came. Once I understood that, was that, no, I can take care of myself. I abs- And I believe that to my core, but I don't want to do it on my own. I, girl. <laughs> no it's so beautiful and it's so there is a fine line between that want and need yeah and but to know and to carry that level of confidence like i am resilient and i got my shit however yeah i want my man to also you know participate in this safety feeling and so i can just yeah no it's beautiful but making sure i sorry i kind of derailed us a little but making sure you have those talks with your partner so what tom and i first did is when we first got married in in fact it was after we probably should have done this before in fact we should have done this before so anyone (laughs) listening right now do it as soon as you possibly can but i we sat down and we said all right what type of husband do you want to be and what type of husband do I want you to be and you can't think about the other person's feelings you can't so if I said I want you to be a stay-at-home dad I I have to be brutally honest knowing that he's an entrepreneur and he would never do that but I have to be honest now I didn't say that but I'm just saying whatever it is that you will really feel you have to say even if it's the complete opposite to what you know they want because you at least have to get it out on the table sure so we created a space where he said what he wanted as a husband or to be a husband and then I said, and then we did it reverse. What type of wife do I want to be and what type of wife does he want me to be? And those are very powerful questions and we ask each other almost every year. It's wonderful. Because it, it changes. Absolutely. I can imagine. I mean, it does. It has to, right? Yeah. With, with what we were just saying. But it supports your truth to continue to evolve together and i feel like and ultimately i really believe that this helps to keep respect there 100 like really believes and this is just my love experience the minute i started to lose that respect interesting i would fall out of love 
It's hmm. like I need that ultimate level That's... of reverence where I look at you and I'm like, my, my man. And I don't give shit away, especially at 40 years old. It's like, yeah, <laughs> no, you have to really be bringing it on that level. And, you know, fortunately I have that. But in the past, like when, you know, just looking back, like when I would step down, it was always like, because oh, certain things. And then I just wasn't looking up anymore at that or even eye level. You know, that's so, great self awareness, by the way. Because, right? Because I'm sure now you probably use that as a um, like, as a, like a little signal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think that my entire life, if that is one thing that I can confidently say, I've always had a deep, mm. deep level of self awareness, and it just continues to expand because I nurture it. Do you feel that? Actually, I want to ask you that. Like growing up, do you feel? Yeah. A self-awareness? Yeah, like just a connection. Not really self- growing up, no. Okay. It's really been since I've started um, developing the mindset and really working on growth. And when I was a kid, oh God, I was I was the one that just like defend my own, um, protect my ego, right? Okay. So I was like the opposite, like make excuses on why something is impossible. And it's funny how like actually now I, as I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, wow, I'm actually contradicting myself. Because when I was a kid, I used to say, why not? Yeah. But at the same time, huh. That's fascinating. I love it. I didn't even realize that about myself. Well, Because I used to say why, but I think I used to protect myself with knowing can it really be done and kind of giving myself the out. No, that makes sense. Wow, though. that's that's a well, revelation. Well, it's scary. Mm. Like it can be, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Okay. Again, I have to be so mindful of your time. Oh, bless so much- you. No, know. I love talking to I you. I love you know. talking to you. Um, I want to take us back. So, Okay. You and Tom, you're now together. Yep. You're not going back. Um, obviously, you depart from, I, I imagine, directing, like that vision, because now yeah. you're going forward with Tom, and I don't know where. Well, so we 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 dated for two years. We went back and forth. We got married in England, because I've got a massive Greek family. I don't know if you ever saw my big fat <laughs> yes! Greek wedding. All right. So that came out the same year as we got married. No way. And same summer. And we didn't see the movie till after we got married. Now, when I say it was an exact mirror, except for the Windex, actually, it's the only thing. But from the way the grandparent, like, kind of disappears and just starts screaming and swearing in Greek, that's true. Um, Tom's family, we had 190 guests were my family. Wow. And 10 were his. 10 people, not 10. (laughs) So his family comes over, this white boy, his white family comes over from Tacoma, Washington, and my dad invites him over for dinner and we do this massive barbecue and we all cheers and we've got this really strong drink that is, um, it's called Zivania, which is kind of like ouzo. It's so high in alcohol, it's ridiculous. Oh, no. And so we all do a cheers and his poor stepfather thinks it's a shot and you're supposed to sip it because it's so strong. And he chugs this shot and his whole face goes red and my entire Greek family starts laughing. I <laughs> know, anyway, sorry to, to completely derail us, but that it, the movie was our life. That was our marriage. Oh my gosh, so he got christened in fact he actually wow. got christened so that we could get married in a greek orthodox church um he learned how to speak greek so he could speak to my family what yeah he that's had, incredible he had a greek that is tutor. not an e- easy language no it's not at wow. all so he was definitely dedicated and so yeah. that i think was a big thing that going against like i was the first person to marry outside of my greek religion mm. and so um 
it, it was very hard, I think, for my dad um, to accept at first. Like my, my husband actually went to my dad and asked for his blessing to marry me. And my dad said no. Oh, wow. And so Tom said, thank you. I really respect you, but I'm still going to marry her. I'm still going to ask her anyway. Um, and that's actually a really great story because my dad basically had come from the mountains, like donkeys and mountains, like huts in the village in Cyprus to being his um, self-made um, businessman. Mm -hmm. And so... Tom comes along, he sees this poor American guy come along and he's like, you're, everything that I've built to protect my family, you're trying to take my daughter away. And so he said to Tom, how do you expect to provide for my daughter? And Tom said, I know what you see now is like this broke, dumb kid, but one day, sir, I'm going to take care of her. And, you know, he and my dad's thinking, yeah, yeah, like, what, what the hell do you know? You don't even have a job at this point, <laughs> you know, because he'd moved to London for us to get married. So he didn't have a job. Right. Oh, sorry, no. He'd moved to London to um, to, get, vi to visit me. Okay. And at that point, he was transitioning. So my dad's like, you don't really even have a job properly right now anyway. So it was one of those where he said, thank you, sir. I respect you, but I'm still going to uh, propose. And then cut to 10 years later, my dad comes to America for the first time and um, he hadn't seen Quest at this point. Oh, so wow. we'd been building it. He'd heard how well it was doing, but he doesn't understand that world. He doesn't understand fitness and protein. Sure. He comes from, you know, very traditional business world. So he didn't get that health side of it. And so he didn't really think, I think it must have thought like I was kind of lying or like exaggerating the truth maybe. <laughs> so he comes over and we've already been announced as the second fastest growing company. We've got 400,000 square foot of space. That's crazy. Warehouse after warehouse after warehouse production facility. We had 1,400 employees. And side note, I just yeah. want to insert this for people who maybe haven't. I've li I forget. I think it was Tom on Mind Pump or something. I just remember hearing one part. Oh, there were several parts, mm. but this one. I want to insert this. Yeah, please. There was a point where it was like looking for coins between couch. Like, yeah. I mean, I, and I just want to put that there because just to amplify like, fuck, what you guys had to do. Yes. To, to get to this point so when we started quest we literally said okay we could lose the house that we're living in um i have to start collecting coupons because right now the way our lifestyle is it just won't survive so i you know stopped starbucks i even put this post once that i end um i started using you know the cotton pads that you use on your face yeah. um i end i would reuse them because i was trying to save money so i was like well if i reuse them now i've just doubled my money because <sighs> Right? like but that's how I that's how I started to think because I was like okay we're starting this new business my dad of course thought we were crazy and a lot of people thought we were crazy but yeah cut to now Quest is you know valued at a billion dollars my dad comes to visit and he comes with my stepmom and my brothers and he's like oh take me to the facility so we walk in and it's like Willy Wonka's chocolate factory right it's like freaking <laughs> you know candy not obviously candy but bars are coming off the machine yeah. potato chips are being made like our protein powders are being made. it was like insane <clears throat> and we've got 1400 employees so it's like you know a sea of people and we're walking around and my dad's jaw is just like wide open. And Tom turned around to him and he said, Andres, my dad's name, Andres, remember when you asked me how I was going to take care of your daughter? And he said, yes. He's like, how am I doing now? Oh. And my dad just started crying tears of joy. Cry. <laughs> right? And it was like, it was in that moment, my dad, like he was so proud. It was like, I'm so proud of you guys because I didn't believe in it. But it was that moment that made him realize what we had done but also made me and Tom realize I think that our relationship our business 
it's really um, the important thing is that we believed in it we believed in our relationship we believed in our business now look that's not to say that we didn't fail a million times we've had crazy arguments we've developed businesses that failed and you know before quest we had a photography business we had a website business all these things that people don't see but as long as you guys like especially if you're in a relationship that you're both on that same page you're both going after it together you're both bought in together you have that same goal then it's like whether you actually succeed or fail, either one, it's like at least you're doing it together with joy. And so with Quest, with our relationship, it was like, it was just a reminder that, you know what, we're on the right path. We're listening to our own guts. We're listening to our own mind and our own heart. And we're not letting all the outside noise affect us. Even when it's outside noise, but people love you, right? They're saying it to protect oh, me. yeah. Sometimes I think that's the hardest because exactly. they're the closest you value their valued opinions right exactly yeah that's amazing and you have to just be so steady within yourself and what you your vision mm-hmm. essentially whether you're doing it with someone or, or right. doing it on your own to just be like i i'm on my highest path in life like yeah. this just i don't have all the answers i can't guarantee shit um but i just have a feeling that is undeniable exactly and if it fails though i just want to like repeat this if it fails it's okay because at least you went for it now if you can look back and say okay it completely failed i believed in this so much i announced it to all my friends to all my family social media i left this job to do it like all these things that people you know do to really try that new path and it fails the important thing to say what did i learn from that yeah, so let me ask you, yeah. what do you think would be the greatest kind of intangible that you, if you had to put it in one or two mm. words or perspective, just that you gained from those failures? Yeah, it really is the mindset. Um, because when you fail, it can really um, destroy you. Mm-hmm. It can make you feel badly about yourself. It can bring up all the negative thoughts that you've tried to quiet Um it can really, you know, at least for me, it could mess with me. And so I realized that in failing, I was trying to avoid failure because I didn't like how it made me feel after. And once I started going into the growth mindset, I started to realize, wow, I can actually use the failures to empower me. It's all about perspective. Mm. And so if I fail, if I fall on my face and everyone's a witness of it and I pick up and I'm going, yeah, I failed. And you know what? I'm that much stronger for it. And I can say it with utter confidence. Then all the outside noise of like, I told you so, or I knew you were going to fail. It doesn't matter. Because I know that I've just got stronger for it. And no one, no haters, no one, no judge, you know, anyone that's going to judge you can take that away from you ever. That's badass. That was a word. Because I, I feel like you have to gain confidence after that. Because you get back up. Mm-hmm. It's the fucking getting back up part that is like... You know, to me, it's the most powerful piece. I'm a Rocky's been my hero forever, still is. You know, it's that underdog story of like, just get back up. So, failure is like a very interesting word to me because I just don't even know if I believe in it. Mm. I believe it's just there's this is kind of how it's like there's a glitch to upgrade, right? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> but it all boils down to what you said it's mm-hmm. perspective. Yeah. So, okay, so you guys kick ass, you build this incredible company, and now you guys start to, I mean, because you're up to a lot of amazing stuff now. Impact theory, relationship theory, woman of impact, health theory. I'm hooked. I've been hooked. It's so good. It's like real great 
valuable content. Thank you. In a world of like just where where it's like there's so much inflammatory content. Mm. There's so much like just oh like too much. I feel like what you guys are putting out is piercing through Thank loudly. Wow. I mean it is to me for sure. So can we talk about that transition a little bit and then I definitely want to get down on women of impact because yeah that's um so I think it all comes down to the fact that I try to assess how I'm feeling in certain moments because I think like seasons we do change and what makes me super happy right now may not be making me happy in a year and I refuse to ever be that person that blinks and 10 years have gone by and I don't know where my life has gone and I'm very conscious of the fact that us as humans it's a possibility so I go okay I need to check in with myself on a regular basis is what I'm doing um, serving my bigger goal is it making me happy am I loving it because the truth is look when people say like, I want to wake up every day and do something that I love, the truth is you're going to do stuff that you freaking hate, right? <laughs> like even if it's, but if it's in service of something that you love, mm-hmm. then that's okay. Because the, I do, I, I, I can spend a week doing things that I absolutely despise, yeah. but I remind myself of why I'm doing it, that it's for the future goal and then I get enthusiastic and I, you know, continue. I can't have too many weeks like that. I, mm-hmm. you know. But um, so anyway, so I definitely assess. And so in assessing things, I go, okay, what are the things I'm actually really enjoying right now? And when we were at Quest, I was running our media department. So I started off in our shopping department. We were making bars by hand and rolling pins and knives. And But then when we started getting bigger very rapidly... I was, okay, I'm not happy anymore. I've helped build the business. I've built up our shipping department to $80 million. I had no shipping experience. I had 40 employees in underneath me. I was a housewife before that. So for two years, I like trained myself and figured that shit out. And then after two years, I was like, I'm burnt out. I hate this shit. I don't want to be in a warehouse. Like that wasn't where my passion and drive started. I started this business because I really believed in helping people and the product, but I don't want to blink in 10 years and still be in a warehouse. So then I went back to what makes me happy and what is my, you know, um, true passion and it's media, it's content. So I was like, well, okay, we're fairly small. We're doing these videos with like our cameras or with our phones, like, is this a world, this is actually before social media and Facebook, we, you know, people started to do content for it. Mm-hmm. So we're, you know, doing these little 15 second videos that Instagram, oh, you can post these videos on some platform called Instagram that's only 15 <laughs> seconds. And so we basically started figuring it out. And then we saw the opportunity to build a media department in Quest. So that's when I started evolving. Okay, well, now I'm going back to my passion. Mm-hmm cut to about a year and a half two years later I started realizing again the content that I was doing in the media department now was all self-serving it was selling product now look that's fine you have to do it for the business it's just my heart wasn't in it anymore mm-hmm. and so we were doing this one show that was kind of on the side called Inside Quest which if anyone has seen that Simon Sinek video that went viral on Facebook about millennials that was our show oh, wow. and so we got a hit of over like 200 million views on, and so it was freaking incredible. Like the show was affecting people, mm. affecting people way beyond just um, our commercials we were doing, right, to sell our product. And so me and my husband sat down and we're like, we really love like what we're doing here. And it's like no bullshit. Like once 
you have the financial stability. It does allow you to look at your life in a different way. And so we gained this financial stability and we said, what makes us happy every day? And what is our mission? And our mission was to really help people. And then we're like, all right, well, no bullshit. Like, let's play this game. No bullshit. What would it actually take to help people around the globe? Quest Nutrition is amazing and the product is helping people who are fighting with obesity, people who are fighting with anorexia because it was actually a product that people could introduce calories. They felt like psychologically they could um, bring calories in because it was healthy. So it was actually helping the anorexic community. And so we're like helping these people. But then there was someone like my mum who was actually gaining weight. And in the years of Quest developing, she got clinically obese. And I'm like, something's wrong here. Yeah. Same with Tom's mum. Tom's mum was clinically obese. And we're like, we, we can throw money at the situation now, right? Mm-hmm. We can, I can hire you a coach mum. I can hire you a private chef. And she was still gaining more and more weight. And we're like, we're missing something. Something's not right here. If you can have a product, if you can have money, if you can have the facility to be able to lose weight and you're gaining, mm-hmm. what's wrong? It's the mind. Totally. I'm smiling because yeah. I'm waiting for the word. Right, yeah. right. Yes. It's if you have anxiety, if you have depression, you're not going to the gym. You're not choosing a protein bar over a candy bar. And so if you really no bullshit want to affect people on a global scale in a 360 degree way, I have to do more than just a protein bar. And the show was um, at the time was a great way of going, wow, okay, this is actually affecting people's minds because the show was bringing on um, influencers, people, um, scientists, neurologists, um, athletes talking about the mindset. And at the time, Quest was just a thriving beast so it's you know the his business partners were only interested in the body they weren't interested in the mind yeah. and so we're like cool like this is the time to like put your money where your mouth is and really say like all right if i'm really in i'm fucking in and so we took that and we built you know studios in our house and we have a team of 25 people that come to our house every single day right. and then the question I get asked is, isn't it hard to work out of your house with this many people and shoot? And the question is, no bullshit, what would it take? It would take me opening my house up to make the content, to get the content out. And so if that's the answer, am I going to be the one that's going to get in the way of my own success? I think it's so important that you just said that because one thing when I coach people, even just myself, you have a vision, you have a goal. One thing that's really important, we can all talk about what we're going to do, but what people usually don't do, what I love to implement, what are you not willing to do? Mm -hmm. You have to look in that space because if you don't, you're just kind of setting yourself up essentially for failure in Mm -hmm. a lot of ways because if one little thing from over here that you didn't look at starts to pop in, it can derail you or completely stop, stop you in your tracks. But when we really get a grip in that space i feel like a we first of all there's more realness like mm-hmm. through the, okay like i i know what i'm willing to do i know what i'm not willing to do it also at times maybe in the example of your life maybe there's days you wake up and you're like fuck i don't really want anyone in my house but mm-hmm. i know that this is essentially a part of what i'm willing to do so i'm gonna get up have my coffee and get on with it yeah whatever I just think that that's so great that you just 
put that out there. Yeah, because look, if you're not willing to do it, that's actually okay. Yeah. But then when you blink and if you haven't reached your goal and you're wondering why, just remind yourself that you weren't willing to do that. Now that's again, exactly. fine. There are things I'm not willing to do. Yes. Right? I'm not willing to cross my moral code uh, go against my moral code I, I have a compass I'm not willing to go right so there's things that for me I am very aware if I don't do this it's going to hold me back and I tell myself I'm okay with that and if I don't succeed because I've made this decision I'm going to remind myself that I, I chose not to do it exactly. and then I can be Beautiful. okay with it Mm, I love that so much. So it's a gem right thank there. Thank you. So yes. literally when we started Impact Theory, we're like, okay, well, we're building the studio in our house because if we're putting money to rent a studio, what does that cost? Okay, with this money, what else can we do with it? So we, we decided, okay, for the first couple of years, we'll just shoot from our house. And at the time, there was only seven of us, you know, and now we're 25 within two years. And it's like, okay, I don't know how sustainable this is in the long term just for space. Yeah. But... um when it came down to like, are you okay with it? I just kept saying yes, because I reminded myself of the goal I'm really trying to do. And I really do want to affect people on a global scale on a 360 way. And to do that, it means I have to say yes to things that sometimes I don't want to say yes to. It means I'm going to have to give up every room in my house except for my bedroom. And so if it doesn't succeed, I can be okay with that. And I can say, you know what, Lisa, you gave it your all. And you know what, for whatever reason, and you know, hopefully I figure out what that reason is that I didn't succeed, but that reason is okay because I've made these decisions with full clarity. Yes, that's the key word right there. That's so perfect and beautiful and I love it. Yes, it's so important. Um, also, I feel like that kind of gives you a break in, in one space where you're just like, okay, like I'm getting after this with everything I got. Mm -hmm. I'm very clear on what I will, what I won't. And one thing that I want to expand on really quickly is what you said it is, you know, you had a very, you both, you have a very strong why. And I mm. love, I always speak to this that like, listen, people ask me all the time, like, how do you, you know, starting a podcast is an example, yeah. right? It, or even like going to lose weight. If you just want to lose weight to, I don't know, because you want to look great in your jeans. I mean, hey, great. That's a great reason. I just don't think that's going to get you out of bed on a cold winter morning and get your ass to the gym. And it went before, you know, your kids wake up or you got, there's got to be this, the why, if the why has any kind of weakness in it. Yeah. So will the process. I really believe that. So will actually the better word is the commitment to mm -hmm, the process, mm -hmm. right? 100%. So you guys. And that's the thing. Like when your business is struggling, when there are moments where you're like, this whole thing could come crumbling down, do you like just fold up and move on? Or do you like, no, I need to like do everything I possibly can in my power to make this work. And there are times in Quest, Impact Theory and Women of Impact where there have been moments where shit's hit the fan and shit's gone wrong. And it's like, all right, this is where you get tested, Lisa. How badly do you want it? Are you willing to do this and that? And sometimes it's no and sometimes it's yes, right? But I'm okay with it. I just always ask myself that question. Your self-talk is amazing. Oh, thank I, I, It's very important. Yeah. Yeah, I think because you can be your best friend or you could be your worst enemy. And I believe like wait shit's already hard mm -hmm. like you're not you have a very lofty vision it's beautiful why the fuck are you gonna get in your way and make it harder on yourself no you gotta be your own best friend yeah and be like okay like we got i mean listen coming over here there was 
a shit ton of traffic. I'm just going to sidestep for a yeah. second to put more emphasis on this. I made one, I over overturned, took me 25 extra minutes, right? I like to be early. That's just me, even if I'm sitting in my car. And now I'm looking at my ways and I'm like, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but here's one thing that I do. One thing that I find is so sexy is composure, right? And I'm that self-awareness. Mm-hmm that best friend, mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're going to get there either right on time or like two minutes. You're good. You got this. You got it, girl. Listen to fucking salt and pepper. Yeah. Shoot. I'm, <laughs> like, hey. I'm like, literally. And you're my I, girl. <laughs> salt and pepper. Oh God, shoot on repeat. Like what? Yeah, baby. But you know, and I did, I got here, pulled up at 59 and I was like, all right, you know, and, and the point really is like, I could have fucking floundered in that moment, yeah. become my own word. Oh fuck, you missed the turn. And I'm, what is that going to do? Right. Make me really uncomfortable, probably make me late, maybe even get me in an accident. Like what the fuck is that going to do? Mm. So, you know. It's actually very important though to remind yourself because people look at the big things, mm-hmm. but they actually don't necessarily think about those small little moments where you have 10 of those in a day. And it's like, no wonder you're a ball of stress. Exactly. Well, listen, like I say this all the time, like inches build miles. Yeah, I love and that. And so when you can like pay attention to the inches and the steps, that's when the big picture turns out to be something that not only can look better, but what I really focus on is how the fucking whole thing is feeling. Right. Feeling is everything, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, rabbit holes. I had no self-awareness though as a kid. So this has been absolutely total growth. I love that you're um, saying that because you know what I want to ask you right yeah, now? Yeah, please. While you're going through this process yeah. of going from Quest to now, and you're like, okay, well, you know, this worked, you know, but the content now is not serving me. Um what were you doing to like what books were you reading where were you going on that level like in self-development yeah do you have so well when I so I was the, a housewife I really believed like we had the mission my husband was gonna you know be an entrepreneur we were gonna make money so that we can make our own movies because actually I had had I'd got a gig in on a movie set and I was wow. like this is my breakthrough this is so exciting I'm gonna meet people I'm gonna impress them I'm gonna blow them away and um I hated it. I hated working on a film. <laughs> the director was ho- uh, not actually the director Wait, was were quite you nice. Or were no, you no. So I was actually the set photographer. Oh wow! Okay. So I was taking all the stills for like the movie posters yeah. and stuff like that. And so I'd got this gig. I was so excited, and I got on set. And like the DP, the director of photography, was completely rude to me. Um, the actress started um, yelling at me because I was taking her photo. Oh, wow. And in case you didn't miss that, guys, I was hired as a photographer. <laughs> so so the actress was freaking out. Wow. I was like, well, I've got to take photos. It's my job. So I was trying to sneak photos. Well, she caught me sneaking photos. She told the director. The director told me to stop taking it. So I stopped. By the end of the day, the producer came up to me and said, where the hell are my photos? so that's when I was like I freaking hate this Hollywood shit like people are willing to step on you and be me they don't treat you like a human being and that was the first um, realization of a dream maybe not coming into a reality Mm. and anyway so the reason why I brought that story up is because when 
I told Tom and he'd had an experience where he wrote a script and they completely butchered his script. He was like, babe, if we're going to make the movies we really need to make, we have to control the resources if we want to control the art. And so, of course, being naive enough to be like, sure, let's go make money. And so that's how we started on the entrepreneur journey. It was the goal. We're going to make enough money that we can go make movies. Okay, how do we do that? You go and work. I'll take care of everything at the house. You don't even have to think about what you're going to eat. You don't have to think about the clothes you're wearing. I would put out his clothes for him amazing because decision exactly yes. we learned about this about steve yes. jobs that he never used to really think about the shirts he would wear he would wear the same color because it was a decision he didn't have to make that he could save for the business and so that's how we structured our lives you're going to go to work i'm going to stay at home this is what he has to do this is what i have to do we're all doing this in order to serve our bigger mission so it turned into though eight years of me being a housewife and I didn't expect that. And over those eight years, I realized now looking back that I was self-soothing myself by finding things to fill my day with. Mm. So finding pride in being able to look, look, babe, I baked this great cupcake for you. I freaking hate baking, but I had to find <laughs> pride for my uh, own emo emotional stability. Sure. Um, and once I started a quest where it literally started like Tom was like, babe, we're doing, you know, we're doing this new business. Do you mind just helping out? And I was like, no, of course I don't mind helping because they were still, you know, he was still at his tech company. And he was like, you just have to ship a couple of bars from the rug. Just take them to the post office. The post office around the corner, go buy a stamp. I mean, it started off there. Well, like I'd said yeah. earlier, Blink, two years later, I'm still I'm still shipping. I'm running our entire shipping department. 40 employees, they were ex-convicts because our offices were in Compton. And for wow. us to be able to afford, we basically put out a call and we said, look, we don't care what your past is. We don't care if you're an ex-convict or not. If you come in with the um, drive and willingness to work hard, we will give you a chance. That's amazing. Yeah, it was definitely... I, I have a lot of pride over that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I had ex-convicts work, working in my shipping department. I had this one guy, he was six foot five. And for your listeners, I'm five foot one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but I had to make sure that I they couldn't walk over me because in those moments I was like, this is my company. I, I have a job to do. I'm not going to let my husband down. I'm not going to let my husband's business partners down. I've got a job to do. And I don't care if you're six foot five. I don't care if you're an ex-convict. You're not going to um, destroy this department. And so I'm going to make sure that I'm a good leader. And so I had to harden. And I had to freaking harden fast because I spent eight years as a nurturer. So the fucking Wonder Woman was coming out. The, the fucking Wonder Woman was coming out. I pulled out my cape uh, and I just like, the music started playing, my shield came out. But, but, but I had to figure it out. And I had to- researching? Like, were so you reading books not, and looking into people? Th was there anybody really inspiring you? Initially, no, because okay. I didn't understand that world. I didn't Got understand, it. podcasts weren't a thing back then. Sure. I didn't understand the growth mindset world. I was just like, head down, get shit done, do what you have to do. Um, okay, this strategy, worked okay with that guy i have to swear at him because if i don't swear at him he, he doesn't react okay this guy over here he's a bit, he's got a very sweet heart so i have to actually be really sweet to him and coach him right like i i started figuring it out mm -hmm. without really understanding emotional intelligence yeah. yeah um but look because of that i fumbled i failed i was a terrible boss for years i was terrible um i made massive mistakes sometimes i was a misery to work under because i just thought barking orders at people was the way to do it instead of motivating people so i freaking stumbled i failed
build a lot. Um, and um, even going from Quest to then impact theory, you know, I was running our media department at Quest, even though I was, you know, an, technically an owner, but then coming over to impact theory and then changing, becoming the president of this company mm. and then building a women of impact and now having women look up to me to tell my story. Like I never thought that was ever going to happen. I never wanted to be in front of the camera. I never thought of myself as being a talker really in regards to like introverted i am yes which is weird because people like there's no way same with me girl (laughs) people are like you know i'm like don't get it twisted yeah i am absolutely introverted but i think when you're charismatic that's where people get thrown off like no way but it's like no 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 no. me 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 time i need to be yeah. yeah you ask me what like the best weekend is it's me in my pajamas totally at home like honestly i'm even gonna reveal something like if i haven't even showered on a saturday that's a freaking good saturday because that means i haven't left the house i didn't need to leave the house it's a great indicator oh, that's so good um but yeah so um i can't remember what no, I was <laughs> everyone's like now like oh god she doesn't it. shower on saturday <laughs> Hard stop. It's perfect. <laughs> no, but you, yeah, basically you, you, you transitioned, you figured you were, you were stumbling a lot. Yes. And then I'm like, shit, where were I know. <laughs> Because so here's, here's a punchline, I guess. When ev- everything I've done in my life, I've looked at, I've set a goal. It's so fundamentally important, but your goal has to have utter clarity. Mm. so for instance my goal with quest nutrition it wasn't like earn this much which is fine if that is mine was i want to be in an airport and see someone eat the protein bar that doesn't know me now when i break that down because that's an emotional thing like that would make me so happy now when i break down to what does that actually mean it means we need to get enough distribution to be able to be in airports that we're selling our product in there okay well to get distribution in airports what does that mean it means we have to hit a certain amount of um sales figures for them to take us seriously for us to be in discussions with them right so then it becomes very active okay what are those points i have to hit in order to get that emotional pleasure that i seek um that's fucking badass Right oh, thank there, you. you that just inspired the fuck out of me ah. seriously because you, you're right first it's emotional but then that strategy mindset comes in you're like but actually boom 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 boom, boom it's this yeah how cool so can i tell you two of the Please, things my, my new two then so yes. that was for quest okay so impact theory um our goal is so so we're now affecting the mind and we sat down and we said okay we do this talk show with my husband where he's the host and it's doing extremely well and we said okay right now we get though it's still a niche market If you're into mindset, then you're going to probably find us. If you're not into mindset, how do we help the other people? The people that want a better life but don't know how to get it. What are the things that people do innately? They watch television. They watch um, movies. It's like with Quest, we did the same thing. What do people innately like to do? They like to eat food that tastes good. Right. So we said, okay, well, then you have to leverage their behavior. Don't try and change it. Don't try and give people chicken and broccoli. Leverage their behavior that they like food that tastes good and then give them something that tastes good that happens to be good for them so we were like okay what's the content version of that it's movies it's Mm. television Mm -hmm. it is it's true how did you feel when you went and watched wonder woman oh yeah i mean how do you feel when you left there yeah yeah elevated badass i can do anything yeah Yeah, empowered that's how content and um, can affect people yes so we understood it's narrative content mm. it's entertainment mm-hmm. it's how you affect people on a global scale not just people that are in the mindset market so 
going back to the no bullshit, what would it take? We have to build a studio. We have to build a studio that can recreate that type of narrative content. Like Disney is the most magical place on earth, we want impact theory to be the most empowering place on earth. And so what is that vision that I have of our success? It is winning an Academy Award. And so I'm marking it down, I'm saying it in public, and I'm saying it in public on purpose because I want to be held to it, that we're going to, our company will win an Academy Award for producing or something like that piece of content. And when we're up on stage, my husband is going to dip me in that romantic prince dipping kiss that we always do. If you check out my social, you will see photos of us <laughs> doing it. And um, we've done that for the last 18 years. He dips me in this really romantic pose and we do it in New York. We do it wherever we go, when we tour. And so I said to him, if we win or when, when yeah. we win an Academy Award, will you do that on stage? And he's like, hell yeah. I fucking love it. Lisa. So I'm energetically manifesting it for you with you. I'm, I'm throwing my energy towards it. That is, I, I see it. And I think it's so important that you actually have like a detailed vision too, right? Like yeah. I, I feel, I'm, do you, are you into visualization? Um, I am in those types of, like I actually don't yeah. do walls, which I know a lot of people do. Um, like when mine. they put pictures on the walls. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just, I, I, I can see it. I can see Tom dipping me. I can see everyone going, what the fuck? This is Academy Awards. Why is he doing that? But I can see all this and I can see, I can see it so clearly. And I can see my mum crying when she sees it. And so I think that's very important. And the reason why, like, I feel it to my core. Exactly. Yes. And with Women of Impact, this is very grand, people. This is very grand. <laughs> but I'm going to say it in a way. Drop it. When a woman becomes president of the United States... And they accredit things that helped change them as a human being. I want at some point for them to say, women of impact. Now, it doesn't have to be, obviously not the sole thing, but somehow something we've done, whether it's been the show, whether it's been the female empowerment superhero book that I'm putting together, whether it's um, uh, just any type of content that we've done that has somehow, some way affected them so profoundly that it's allowed them to make one change in their life to become the president of the freaking United States, girl, that's my dream. That's like microphone drop. It's so fucking ballsy <laughs> and it's, it's so, so hard, but it's grand. I feel like if you don't have something hard and scary and like I'm fucking kind of crazy, but if you don't have that, it's it's not, you're not doing it. Right. Like it's, fuck it, go yeah, for it. Exactly. Right? So now what I have to do, which I haven't done yet, this is my next stage of my evolution in 2019, it's break down what does that actually look like. Like the no bullshit, if I really want a female... As a, you know yeah. the next not the next president but a female president at some point in my life mm-hmm. okay well that means I have to affect and I have to do the math but I have to figure out how many women do I have to affect yeah. what age group do I need to affect for them to in order to affect them enough to be able to grow up and change enough to become you know the woman, uh, female president and so I really need to break all that shit down and it means like how okay how many views do I have to get how much following do I have to get what type of um, reach do we need what countries do I need do I need to reach another country do I want is it just the United States president or would I be happy with a president in you know Europe or or prime minister what so a fun project right like to cerebrally yeah. go on like okay let me that's amazing. But like actually do it. Yeah. Because if it's just a fun, grand idea, but you actually haven't figured out how to do it, it will forever stay a fun, grand idea. I just posted this yesterday. I'm like, if you don't have strategies mm-hmm. towards your goals or vision, I usually like the word vision, um, 
I call them fairy tales of the mind. Yeah. I, mean, that's I really love what that. They are, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's like you have to get strategic. I have no doubt that you're going to manifest that. Thank you. What was... The- it may take 20 to 30 years. I am saying that. Like, I, I, I get... I get it's a lofty goal. Yeah. But in fact, one thing, I'm sorry, I'm cut you off there. But one thing I want to add though is I will have incremental goals along the way. So I'll say, okay, if that's probably going to take me 20 years, like no bullshit probably will on that for them to be able to grow up and really have me to have that much of an impact on the company. Yeah. So let's say it's a 10 to 20 year goal. See how I keep going down. I started at 30, now I'm at 10. What are all those other steps that I feel like are going to be important because you have to have your small wins as well I have to have my weekly wins I have to have a monthly win we do these um OKRs so um uh objective key results and so we have to figure out in our first quarter what our objective key results are in our company so it just helps you break up the year as well to make sure are you on that path or not and so I would do that all the way up to my five years of getting <laughs> see yeah, I was going to like um, yeah yeah but seriously like I, I i think that's also important so anyone listening that's also a strategy that i make sure that i implement that even though it's a fun grand goal you have to be very specific and yeah strategic. it keeps you in check and yeah. it keeps you i think on the path and you can just it's important exactly right? to help you navigate yeah. um Wow, you are impressive, lady. I'm so, like, it's, it's amazing to take you in like this. Um, I just want to ask, when you, so when you started Women of Impact, mm-hmm. do you remember, how long has it been now? Um, About five months. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's crazy. It's pretty. Because I feel like you've just been pumping out so much amazing. I'm sorry. Thank so you. Much I, uh, I think it was August. This. What is that? No, yeah. it's probably a little longer than five months. So that was that seven months. Do math, girl. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is why I didn't study math at school and I went into film. <laughs> that was my sister, the artist. Um, wow, that's impressive to me. Thank you. Um, so what was your biggest, did you have that, what, all that you just shared right now? Yeah. Did you already have that vision when you started Women of Impact or was it a different thing that then now has grown to? Yeah. Well, so this is a fun story to tell. Um, And it all involves your girl, Kerry. Yeah. So um, initially it was, I went and saw Wonder Woman. So we've got Impact Theory. The content's doing really great. Tom and I are talking about that next phase of our our company. We realize it has to be narrative. It has to be storytelling. Um, We have to build a studio that rivals Disney. Like, all right, that's the mission we're on board. And I go and see Wonder Woman and I freaking love it and I leave there and I'm like this is badass like I'm I love her I've got you know I wear a Wonder Woman necklace I've got like I shave I think you said at the beginning I shave the Wonder Woman um oh I shave the the design in the back of my head I shave the Wonder Woman symbol in my hair sometimes and so I really embody and I love I saw the movie and I loved it anyway the next day I didn't feel any different like it hadn't, Wonder Woman hadn't changed my life. It didn't give me tools or tactics to help improve my real life. And that's when I was like, okay, while it's empowering, it's empowering for maybe an hour or two or three hours after I've watched it, but it doesn't actually help me. And so going back to my mission of really helping people and doing content, I went, okay, what's the no bullshit answer to helping people and what is today's Wonder Woman like because if if you know the story of Wonder Woman she was created by Greek gods um in World War II now let me tell you my life cannot be more different than that <laughs> I may have been created by Greek but not necessarily Greek gods um so I was like okay well 
it's great fiction, but it doesn't resonate with who I am. And so how do I blend the two? And I was like, you know what? The the Wonder Woman of today are the women we're surrounded by, the women that I'm around. It's the women with the real stories. So when I, literally, I was like, who's the, like, the person that I had to turn to right now that I was like, they need to be a superhero. It was Kerry Walsh Jennings. Because I was like, she'd, I think, just had recently been on our show as well. So Mm -hmm. she was very fresh in my mind as well. And I was like, she's so authentic. And when you look at her life, the truth is she's created and achieved incredible things. You look at her, she looks like Wonder Woman, right? She's tall, she's powerful. But you talk to her and you hear the real her. Mm. You hear the failures, the fuck-ups, the mess-ups, the mistakes. You hear all of that in her. And she says it with utter pride like that's her strength. That that's what's gotten her to where she is. And I was like, that's today's superhero. That's the women we need to be looking up to. That's the type of people that our younger generation need to look up to. Because they can see it's attainable. They can see it's possible. We're not trying to paint a person picture they can see that in failure can come great things and so I was like that's it that's fucking it so I literally that I think it was like that night I text her and I was like Kerry girl I need to pitch you something here it is what do you think and she was like I think it's such an and the funny thing as I'm sending it I'm thinking she gets I'm asking her but she's just like my god lisa this this is amazing yes you've got to do it and I'm like no 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 no, girl I want you as my first superhero and she's like are you shitting me? <laughs> like <laughs> she was amazing. She was so wonderful. Uh, and so that's where it actually all started. So I was like, all right, I'm going to put this book together. It's going to be 15 incredible women. I'm going to turn them into superheroes using their real stories to show that the strength, your superpower is in falling, failing, messing up. And you can use that to really be freaking badass. And so I started on this path. And so I'm like, all right, Kerry, I'm going to come over. I'm going to interview you and I'll use the interview and then write the story and develop your character. She's like, amazing. So as I'm thinking about it, I'm like, well, I definitely should record it. And then I was like, well, this could actually be interesting, like that maybe one day I'll put it out because people may want to hear the interview that I did that came with the book. And I was like, well, if I'm putting out an interview, should I just interview other women as well? I may as well do a podcast. And so <laughs> and so it literally went to, okay, I'm doing a podcast. And so I turn around to my husband and I'm like, babe, I really want to do a podcast because I feel like, you know, people want to hear more and more from these incredible women that I'm feeling blessed to be around and feel selfish that I'm keeping all the amazing information that they're sharing with me private. Um, I think I really want to do a podcast for women. He's like, babe, that's amazing, but why the hell are you not filming it? And I was like, well, I just don't have the bandwidth. He's like, look, you've got a studio, you've got the team, you know what you're doing. Like, just freaking put a camera up there, would you? Because having a video format can really help you take it to the next level. Yes. So it, so I was like, all right, I'll just put one camera up. Well, it turned into <laughs> a YouTube you're- channel, an Instagram um, page, six camera setup with a you know a slider, a crew, a team, and it. So that was a very long story it's on saying so how good. I ended up doing the Women of Impact show. It all started with this book that I'm still compiling together and putting together, and we've got some badass women writers on board. Um, in fact, I just read one of my last. Um, 
iterations of Carrie's script last night so I was going to ping her today and let her know I want to like show her Um, and now we're looking for female artists to do the uh, iteration of her design as a superhero so I'm so freaking excited Um, but to be honest again going back to like the no bullshit if you really want to affect people I get that one avenue isn't going to be enough so even with the talk show that I now do with the women of impact show like I recognize that's one part of the mission the book is another part of the mission then further on it's gonna i definitely want to merchandise because i love wearing merchandise like just the logo around my neck makes me feel strong so how do we allow how do we do this with all these other superheroes that i'm developing and allow the fan base to be able to choose that's the superhero i resonate most with and so that's the person i want to see develop into a story maybe an animation maybe a tv show maybe a movie so maybe one day you guys are gonna say you're gonna go watch you know the the kerry walsh on on the big screen as a fucking superhero using real world implementing subconsciously little strategies and tactics on how you actually better your life through that girl damn so that's, <laughs> that's the mission so beautiful <laughs> Thank you. it's so powerful <clears throat> thanks what is what's the biggest challenge for you right now in everything that you're creating and working on yeah um I, l- I I get passionate about things and the problem is sometimes I'm passionate about too many things and I um, we haven't actually spoken about it, but like I've had massive health issues for the last three years. Um, I don't want to go, you know, we can't talk about it, but yeah. it's actually a long story. But um, many, many years of bad dieting and overuse of antibiotics left my stomach to pretty much what felt like it ruptured. And so for almost a year, I could barely eat. So my hair was falling out, my nails were brittle. Um, and here I am owning one of the largest nutrition companies in the world. So emotionally, I really struggled. I hid my health issues issues for a long time from people because I didn't want to be judged and like oh well you know she owns Quest and here she is she can't even eat her own product and so that was a massive growth period for me as well to be okay with it and say like you have to own your situation and um you know you have to fight through it and I'm I'm not going to give up yeah um and now I come what was your question (laughs) no it was what was the biggest challenge right now oh so um and so having those health issues and still I've come a long way I can now eat I still have to cook myself pretty much all the time but I can still I've been able to gain weight and work out and I can really eat now um but one of the biggest things is stress Mm. and I'm the type of person where you break my leg and you tell me I still have to run a mile I'll run the mile Mm. and so I'm not very good at assessing what's good for my body and what's not um and because i have the type of mind that can keep pushing and i know that about going back to like knowing ourselves like i know that about myself and so i recognize that with the spirits that i have um and the ferocity that i put into my work actually is really bad for my health Mm -hmm. so i have to look at myself like i don't like the word balance i don't like being in you know balance with like my my personal life my business like that doesn't resonate I with me I don't that want that, that. I, don't, I don't believe there's such a thing sorry yeah and and look if that is what you're looking for go after it great it's just I don't want that in my life it doesn't make me feel good that's not something that I love <clears throat> and so knowing that mm-hmm. knowing all these dreams and passions and desires that I'm trying to build towards and my goals mm-hmm. and I know the work it's going to take to do it and yet I can't do as much as I want to 
Mm-hmm. because I have to be conscious of my health. So that's something I'm actually struggling with right now because it's the heart versus the mind. Yeah, well, you know, I body. think that just to, I want to say something about balance because I feel like they're also like, I, it's an old model. I've mm. reframed what balance really means mm. to me. So I'm an athlete by way of life, solopreneur turning entrepreneur, right? Like all these, I have to manage so much. Yeah. One thing that is absolutely non-negotiable to me is my health Mm. it's my entire when I say health I I don't just mean my abs I love my abs but I mean my mindset my well-being right Mm -hmm. because for me it's it's a formula it's like well if this isn't intact none of this matters I've had three knee surgeries what happens you can't do shit okay so that's just one example so you know I think that for me my idea of balance is when you're over here in this space, I'm here with you right now. I'm all in. I'm in work. I'm all in. And when I leave and it's time to give body hmm. that same acknowledgement, respect, and presence, I'm all in. Was that natural to you or have you had to train yourself to do that? Um, I don't – probably training is a good word. And I think, I think this is where it comes from. I think because um, – I've always had an immense amount of self-love and mm. I have been through my own health journey where with the knee came the weight gain and then what the fuck I never I had an eight pack growing up an athlete and now I have to like how do I get to homeostasis and then that was a whole journey that ends up being amazing because it's why I'm able to you know offer so much knowledge in this space now right but um it was always a priority to me mm. always like I've never had this uh I've never believed in this idea of I'm just going to want like I have this vision mm. but it's just going to stay there I'm like no fuck that if I want it and if I really if it resonates with me whatever it is this vision of myself my health my mm. business my relationship I'm going to fucking do what I got to do to get after it so you know then that's where like maybe the training part mm. comes in where you know it's like okay well also I see a lot out there especially now where it's like you have all these experts and people who are like you know, maybe there's a lot of entrepreneurs or people who are like killing it in the business space, mm-hmm. money. And then the reveal comes out. I've been depressed this whole time. Now yeah. I have cancer. Yeah. My relationship was falling apart. But on the front end, it's like everything is so, mm-hmm. and I just, that never resonates with me. And I just to, to, to I have to be careful here. I'll go in a rabbit hole. Authenticity is so fucking important to me. So if I'm going to be someone who's you know, really exuding this example of a, essentially a lifestyle, mm. mindset, lifestyle, all of it's connected. Well, I'm not going to be on the back end, like behind the scenes, like falling apart. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. I got to take care of myself. Is it easy? Hell no. I'm consistent because I care. I'm committed and my why is strong. But, you know, going back to the balance thing, it's, it's, it's really when I'm with my family, I'm not in work mode in my mind. Mm. I depart. And maybe the, the the tricky part is, you know, the time in each space, mm-hmm. right? Because when there's a lot of work to get done, then like, oh, that tears into your family time or your relationship time or whatever. That's the tricky part. Yeah. 
but it tricky and challenging doesn't scare me. Right. You know, it just means you got to be smart. You got to be effective. You have to be efficient. All that shit just makes me a better person anyways. So I just, I think the idea of balance as most people see it is yeah. like, Oh, I have a little bit over here and over here. Right. And it's all like rationed out perfectly. Yeah. Fuck. No, it's not. Yeah. Some days it's a, it's, it's like 5% fucking relationship and 95% work or what. Mm-hmm. But I think the, the way that I can keep it all in check is I constantly zoom out, zoom out. I believe that the truest like perspective is I've is bird's eye mm-hmm. right so yeah if we're looking from over here and I'm like have I been too far into work where I've been you know taken away from my health or but that's like it's a dance right? yeah and so I think it's important to say that just because it's not to say that there's no such thing as balance. It's just reframing this old model of fucking balance. Yeah, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And um, I don't look for balance. I heard Lisa Nichols. Um, she was actually on one of our shows. And she once said, like, I don't seek balance. I seek harmony. I was like, fuck, yes. <laughs> like, that hit me so hard. Such because, a look, a lot of people may seek balance. And I think that no matter what you need to do, what's right for you. I agree. Right? So, but for me, when everyone's like, oh, but it's not balanced, like... I eventually was just like, but I don't want that. Like, look at how I live my life. I have 25 people that come to my house every day. My husband and I, when we communicate pretty much from Monday to Friday, it's about business. And we've designed our lives purposely to be like that. Um, Because that is our harmony. And again, like, his balance or his harmony and my harmony actually is slightly different. So now we have to get together and we go, okay, so how do we fix or make sure that we're both harm, harmo- no, yeah, harmonized. 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 Thank you. That's the word. Yeah. Um, because he, let's say, for instance, I need to connect with him at least once a week. So I need date night with my husband. He doesn't. And I don't take that personally. I just think like, that's just not him. He's he's very excited and motivated towards um, his goal and his business. And he loves me and we sleep together every night. I mean, like, no, I understand what you're saying. I, yeah. I lie my head on his chest every single night and go to bed and we kiss each other goodnight. Like connection. we have the connection, but he doesn't need date night every week he's like yeah you can go a couple of weeks he's like i see you every day babe and i'm like but you're my business partner every day and he doesn't it's not quite the same for him so we've just decided okay for me i need it he's very receptive look we need to do what is best for our relationship and so every week i take responsibility kind of going back to the roles of what we said it's my role we've agreed that i'm the one that has the compass and the awareness of our romance And so when I need a date night with him, I reach out to his assistant. I block it in his calendar. I let him know, hey, babe, we're going out for dinner on this night. We're going to go to this restaurant. Or I'll say, hey, it's meaningful. I need you to book the restaurant because it's meaningful to me. And I, no joke, actually got out his phone and put an alarm in his phone to remind him to book the restaurant because I know he's forgetful. So now instead of testing him to Mm. see if he's going to remember, which let's face it, then I'm just setting him up for failure because I know him well enough to know he'll forget. um, I go, well, I actually want him to actually book it. I don't want him to fail. So how can I help him? So I set an alarm in his phone. He booked the restaurant and we go out for dinner. And so um, our harmony may be different, but we are always harmonized. It's, you know what? It's so on your terms. Exactly. And that's so fucking badass. It's not this idea that you guys are living from that wasn't even 
who created the ideas anyways right 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 where where does that shit come from yeah no that's amazing i love that that's beautiful thank you all right girl okay i need there's so much to talk about with you um can we do this again i have another question yeah of course i want to talk about health and beauty because that's a whole area with you that yeah, I just Yeah, if you want to do like a version two or round two. Yes, we have to. Like, You're just it's my excuse totally to hang out it. with you guys. I know. I love <laughs> Come on now. More of that in this new year. <laughs> I want to ask you one final question. Yeah. Um, because Black Belt Beauty is all about, you know, reaching for and hopefully living from the highest expression of yourself, mm-hmm. right? And having a life that reflects it. What... From where you are now, mm. this will be fun to visit later. Yeah. What is that visual? What is that highest expression of Lisa from where you are now? And mm. what's one thing that you do every single day to keep yourself driving towards that vision of yourself? Ooh. So explain to me, sorry, break down when you say my highest self now. Highest expression of self. Yeah, like, what do you... Who are you? Like, what are three words that kind of lead your day? Like, what are, what are, you, what are the intangibles? Mm. What have you... Roxanne, the highest expression of myself, like, she is absolutely resilient. She mm. is incredibly courageous. Okay. She, you know, like, I have Yeah, these, yeah. Um, I think it's um, the... I'm brave enough to not be embarrassed in public about failing and doing dumb shit. Um, Owning my mistakes, owning my um, insecurities. um, That's been one thing that, let's say, 10 years ago, I never would have done. And I've really worked hard at it. And it's not like work hard at being, at making mistakes or failing. But it's just like owning them and owning them with pride and telling people about them. And... um, being okay if people judge me and not caring like that's so freaking hard and look I'm not saying I'm perfect because there are definitely days but when it comes to my business specifically if people don't agree or like it I'm fine with it I'm like then I'm not your peeps like that's okay I don't take it personally um that's been very hard for me to overcome but I think that I'm definitely at a place now where I've gotten okay with it um and because I fail a lot, I figured, well, I may as well not use it to empower me. Otherwise, it's going to like, well, otherwise, I'll never leave my house. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And yes. That, no, I agree. So, that's um, powerful. Thank you. So that's, um, that's definitely like my higher self, I would say. Um, yeah. But the day to day, it really is reminding myself that it's okay to fail. Like, and I know kind of like the failure thing is a big um, thing that I've been repeating, but it's interesting because I really think that's the most important part of anyone's journey. And I have to tell myself every day because I definitely don't want anyone listening to think that I've broken all these barriers and now I'm on the other side. No, it's like there are days that just like anyone else, I feel insecure. I'm sure you, you do too. Fuck that yeah. you feel like you're not capable, that you feel like you're not competent enough, that you feel like you can't hold your own. Um, that's going to be okay. That's natural. And so if I have those days, it is important to remind myself who I want to be, where I've gone, where I'm going to go, and who I am today. Like, I I, I can safely say, like, I'm a good person. 
Mm. And that's very important for me to say with pride because I don't bullshit myself. If I've done something and I've got into an argument with someone or I've said something that after I'm like, you know what, that wasn't called for. Or I think I crossed the line there. Like I'm, it's very important for me to apologize and say that to their face and own my mistakes. So to be able to say like, I feel like I'm a good person is a big deal for me to say because there have definitely been times, like I said earlier, I've been a terrible boss. I've been, you know, like... um a stress ball like when my health first went to hell my emotions were terrible you can imagine when you don't eat as a woman like so I was I wasn't a very nice wife I was very I would you know snap at him a lot and so there are there are moments in my life that I haven't been proud of and it's okay because I've learned from them so um yeah just remind myself every day of what I'm doing and who I am and that you're a beautiful person and you own your shit I love it yeah yeah (laughs) I it's interesting because you say beautiful person and I, I was just talking to someone about humble bragging and I think that like we were like do we I had a girl on my show and she was talking about she did a kind of a humble brag challenge and I was like you know what it's so freaking powerful because us women we don't sit down enough and just say I'm proud of this but we do with kids which is always really interesting as well like a, you don't find anyone no one's embarrassed to, to, to brag about their children but let me tell you if you sat down there right now and you were like girl my podcast just hit this amount of things and look how cool I am isn't this amazing I would respect it yeah but you're gonna get some hate for it yeah I've said it actually um on an epic podcast episode before I asked um the my guest who's incredible and he is a high performer but we're in the space of talking about high performance I'm like let me ask you are you a high performer and he's like well I basically like I like people to put the claim on me I right and I said okay hold on with that because I debunk that shit all the time I'm like ask me my fuck yeah I'm a high performer I am (laughs) not I don't buy into this whole like let me shrink Mm -hmm. now listen let me shrink so then you know you can see me as like oh I'm so humble and I'm so Mm -hmm. because my humbleness is how I affect people Mm -hmm. how I respect people how I carry myself through kindness but by no means do I need to sit here and pretend that you know I'm not being the human that I am or Mm. proud of the person that I am or I I don't buy into that and I I don't you know if I aspire to be a mom one day but I will make sure Mm. that my child has that and like you said it's easier like what you know you were just saying it's harder yeah yeah individuals but like to your kid but I think it is so important to continuously pass that on that yeah you don't have to go around be like puff your chest like you know flip the hair Mm. like you're fine there's a difference of like carrying yourself and expressing yourself in a way of I'm better than you. Yeah. And I think that's the thing right there. I was going to say, I think it comes down to your intention. Sure. Yeah. Right. Is your intention to make someone feel badly about themselves by saying it? Right. Or is your intention to empower them? Yes. And to be honest, to empower yourself, because you know what? Me saying this out loud does empower me. Right. Like, so if you're, it it all comes down to the intention and you know, right. You know, when you meet people that their intention is to try and brag so much that they feel good about themselves. And maybe it's because they don't feel good about themselves. Oh, it's, you know what? Let me, I'm going to throw this in because I think it's such an important piece. One of the biggest pivotal points for me in in my life, like on a self-development, you know the, the whole saying of like, I don't I don't compete against anybody. It's like... I compete against myself. I compete against myself. Yeah. You know, you versus you. Yeah. And I used to like write that like, yeah, when I train like you versus you. And then one day I'm like, 
no one's that's not even fucking true roxanne that's not true wow because when when shit gets hard in training in life the last thing that i'm doing is like come on i'm like come on roxy baby come on like i literally fucking talk to myself and i talk out loud straight up come on roxy girl you roxanne you got or if shit's like really stressful i'm like roxanne you in the mirror out yeah loud, yeah you know you got this or i'm so fucking proud of you yeah when that shit changed with that that perspective that voice that whole dialogue everything fucking changed mm-hmm. because that going back to being your best friend and like I've had that concept with me. I've been writing for the majority of my life. I've expressed it as a teenager. But now I'm living it like on a whole nother level. And you know what? It just makes the hard not only easier, but actually almost more enjoyable. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm not doing this alone. Like, I got this bad motherfucker in me. And like, she got, she supports me. If she believes in me, I believe in me too. So what? Let's do this. Like, that's literally. (laughs) Yeah. I love that so much. I can so see you as well. Come come on, Roxanne. Um, In fact, two days ago, so I'm doing the um, cold water challenge. So do you know the Iceman? Well, yeah, Wim Hof. So I, I went through a whole period of cold showers straight from bed. Oh, did you? And like, not warm to cold. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've talked about it on the podcast yeah. much because it's, it's, and it's not even the physiological benefits are profound. Like they're so amazing. Yeah. It's, this is why I did it because who the fuck wants to do that? Sorry. No, it's okay. Oh my God. I love that. The, my alarm that said eat yes that was so brilliant <laughs> so yeah, go, going back to like making sure I take care of my body I know myself well enough and I know that I work myself to, to death I know you and because eat. of my health I set an alarm <laughs> to tell myself to eat because I get lightheaded and it doesn't serve then my business so I make sure that I get the right ca- the amount of calories I need in my body but that's just because love I'm going that. obviously my health issues and so I have to be very on top of it but sorry no, you no, were saying no, something so profound no I was just saying that like who wants to get up and take a cold shower well nobody oh, yeah. and I'm a huge believer that we got to get uncomfortable we got to look uh, go towards yes. the things that you don't want to fucking do and when you can start your day with it yeah guess what else you're doing you're starting your day with a fucking whim. with a whim bam boom boom <laughs> girl it's so true Are you though it? i'm loving it so um i'm that person that like i want my warm tea and my my slippers Comfort. and i like to snuggle under the covers like i i get cold a lot and very easily and I'm that person and so when we interviewed Wim Hof and he came on our show and Tom's like I'm gonna do it and I just looked at him and I was like no way and I was like wow like I don't I've stopped myself stepping out of my comfort zone and this isn't good and so for 2019 my goal this year actually is to step out of my comfort zone at least once a month um, on a big scale and so the other day I stepped out of my comfort zone and um Gary V invited my husband and I to one of his events and my husband couldn't go. And so I was like, I was like, oh, but I really want to go. And it's like, screw it. I would never normally reply to someone and just invite myself, but I did. I just wrote back to Gary and I was like, hey, Gary, do you mind if I still come? And he's like, no, not at all. And so I literally by myself, like got on a plane, went to this event, knew nobody except Gary V. Um, and so again, I was like, I, I wouldn't have done it if I hadn't have told myself I need to step out of my comfort zone. So it's kind of making that declaration to myself. And then going back to the win, like yeah. you said, it's like I gave myself the win because I told myself, Lisa, you need to step out of your comfort zone. And I did. 
Ah, that's so sick. And so with the shell of it, God. I know. I just want you to know, I saw that post and I want you to know that it literally inspired me greatly because one of my goals being the introvert is you got to get out and go to, not just get out to get out. Everything has to have intention and meaning, but like go to some, if there's some kind of event that really resonates and maybe you can meet some great people and like get out. It's not comfortable. I saw that post and it, I just want you to know that it literally impacted me in that way. Thank you. Wow. Fuck yeah. And you called it out. You put it out there. Because that never used to be me. I would have been, I, I used to get bullied in school. I was teased. I didn't have many friends. So I was like, I, the, the idea of going to a party alone when I knew nobody in a different city, right? Like all these things where like, and I invited myself pretty much. It wasn't even like, you know, like we really want you to come. It was like pretty much for Tom. And it was, so it was a big deal for me. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, this is the thing that used to hold me back, but I used to play it safe or I, I did used to play it safe. And so now I'm just like, what other new experiences can I do? So when I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not going to do the cold shower. I'm like, well, why hell no? Because I'm scared of cold water. Lisa, you're not going back to the self-talk. So I'm standing in the shower day one, right? And Tom's actually filming me, which is hilarious. Like through the fuzzy (laughs) glass, you you can't see anything. But he's filming me and he's like, all right, babe, just turn it on cold because I didn't do the hot first. And then I just, I'm dry and I'm turning the water cold. And I'm like, all right. And they were like, babe, I can't do it. And I was like, all right, Lisa, stop being worse. Babe, I can't do it. Lisa, stop being worse. And so literally out loud, my dialogue was going back and forth. But it was interesting. I was telling him I couldn't do it, but I was telling myself I could. Oh my, that's amazing. Isn't that interesting? That's really interesting. I, d- I didn't actually dawn him until I was just saying it just a second. Wow. But I was like, I babe, it. I can't do it. Lisa, yes, you can. Babe, I can't do it. Lisa, yes, It's like yes, you can. needed something to push against. Yeah. To, um, yeah. I, or I don't yeah. know. And then I stopped saying, babe, I can't do it. And I was like, Lisa, just fucking do it. And yes. I, I just screamed at myself. <laughs> and I went, like, let out a roar. And he started laughing. And I ended up three days in a row saying to myself, Lisa, you can do it. So I, I love that love you it. said that because there is something about saying it out loud to yourself and using your name. Uh, it, that's the magic, I'm telling you. And it's like, and I, I say it with so much love yeah. and there's so much encouragement, but it's like, Roxanne, yeah, you're, because listen, we can, you gotta eat. <laughs> I'm like, we gotta eat. We can keep going. My but girl's look, taking care of me. <laughs> the thing is, is that the one relationship guaranteed that we're all in from birth to finish is fucking with ourselves. Yeah. So then, in knowing that, if we got to do this thing called life and everyone's life is different, adventure, crazy, hard, whatever. I mean, how do you want to have, like, what does that relationship, how do you want to feel in that relationship? Do you want it to be loving? Do you want it to support you? And I know it's like, not always as easy as that might sound. Mm. Like, there's work. But when you turn that corner mm-hmm. when you find the ways like for me it's truly speaking out loud to myself I mean I have different a lot of different modalities just my journaling my writing all that but there's something to be said about the speaking out loud mm-hmm. addressing my name and doing it with so much love and it's real like it's not like I'm babying myself right. like I'm fucking real with myself right. like straight up that reverence so I just feel like that really helps first of all everything but it keeps a self-relationship that you're you're in for the rest of your fucking life like just feeling good like supportive and 
you know can i be honest yeah i'm gonna share a little secret Please. sometimes i don't always be nice to myself yeah. and it serves me oh really yeah what do you like so and i say that on purpose because i you need to do what is right for you i'm just gonna keep repeating yes. that so for people who if they find negative talk doesn't serve them, you should stop it immediately. Yeah. But for me, sometimes it actually serves me. So I allow myself to do it. So we call it like the 80-20 rule. Yeah. So 80% of the time, I'm picking myself up. You're great, Lisa. You can do this. You know you've got this. And the other 20, I'm like, fucking stop being a pussy. Yeah. And get off your ass and stop whining. And right, right like, yeah. I actually do that. Like, I'll, I'll say, like, right now you're acting like you're weak. Are you weak? <laughs> And he's like, no, I'm not fucking weak. Thing. If you're not weak. And I will have that conversation with myself. And it's powerful. Sure. And I love it. I, love, I feel the love. I, feel it. I just can't do the negative talk that actually um, is self-destructive. Yes. And there is a difference. Massive yeah, difference. Yeah. You're kicking yourself in the ass like a real coach. Like, Correct. Says, I'm fucking, are you, you going to back down right now? Exactly. Yeah. And that's different than like, oh my God, you're being weak right now. Or like, you're worthless. I would yes. never do that to myself. I would never say that type of thing because that is demeaning. Right. If that makes sense no yeah well yeah i connected those yeah <laughs> we're like we both need to eat <laughs> <laughs> and what's okay. fun is we can keep going i know seriously it's just the more the less we or the longer we leave it till we eat the more delirious we'll start getting and then just like the louder we get and like <laughs> and hey the more fun traffic gets for all of you let's That's be real true. uh yeah hell yeah cleaning the house just got so much more fun um no okay lisa i love you i loved you already but fucking a like shit girl and this is like we're skimming the surface let's be real yeah <laughs> like, buddy let's do um, round two please. i'm game oh no, yes. I am. no i that's a must Thank yeah you. and maybe your audience can even write in or i'm not sure how they, they contact yes. you maybe they can somehow like see what other things they'd love us to chat about yes or... no we'll put it yes questions for lisa i'm gonna make sure that that's part of the program awesome before we do the next one i'm so inspired um you left so many gems out there for everyone. I know that people are going to be, okay, how do they follow you? How do they stay in touch with you? Uh, yeah, please. So personally with all of my um, everyday stories and weird fun things, stories that I tell, um, at Lisa Bilyeu, that's B-I-L-Y-E-U. Um, I'm really only on Instagram, to be honest. Um, we do our main show, Impact Theory, on YouTube, where we have incredible influencers that come on. Um, and my husband's a host. That's actually um, the umbrella company that I run. Um, and that is actually on YouTube under his name, mm -hmm. Tom Billu. Um, and then if you're looking for female empowerment stuff, you can go to Women of Impact, Instagram and YouTube, and you see all these incredible women that I've interviewed and uh, all the like, our Instagram page is a lot of fun actually. We have a lot of fun finding fun, unknown facts about women that you may not have known in history. And um, so yeah, we have I a love, lot of fun. I love that. both your Instagrams. Thank yeah. you. And everything will be in the show notes, of course. So Amazing. Girl, thank you so much with all my heart with all of my being um you're incredible and to be continued ditto girl i think what you're doing is amazing i love your yeah. podcast i love the name i love you i think what you're doing is crazy and empowering and inspiring Thank and um so the only other ask i have is one day you're gonna have to teach me how to do some cool ass like choke holds and arm bars and shit like that <laughs> so you. in case your fans want to see maybe we can film it as well but like oh, that's so i'm so fun. dying for you to teach me that kind of stuff and just like all of some one day scare tom and just get him in an arm bar without him expecting it <laughs> i love it let's do it we'll do a little makeup first because i think we both like to do you wear makeup when you train 
No. Oh, really? I, I do. Do you really? Fuck yeah. Wow, because I like to look at myself like I'm pulled together. Like takes. Yeah, I feel like I'm a fucking average, like a campaign in my. Well, I'm yeah. a mess. I so really? I have a, a gym in my house. Oh, so I no God. I literally <laughs> I wear sometimes like the, I will look down on myself and I'm like, did you really wear this to the gym? It's like I don't even wear a bra or like. <laughs> I'm a complete mess in the gym. I love it. <laughs> but we should work out together in a way. Yes. I'll, I'll, I'll do my. I'll put some makeup on and look and a bra and look a bit nice. Fuck girl, I love you. Okay, so much more coming. Um, you guys, you know what to do. Follow her. Everything is in the show notes. Thank you for spending your time here with us and to be continued. To be continued. Yeah. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode, you guys. If you loved it, please share it on your social. Throw it up on your Instagram stories and tag me. I'm at Black Belt Beauty. I am also at Roxy Look, R-O-X-Y-L-O-O-K. I love connecting with you guys. This is a conversation that I want to just continue growing with you guys. So if you feel inspired to hit me up, do so in that space. I always enjoy hearing from you. If you'd like to support this podcast, you can do so by rating it and reviewing it via iTunes. It's such supportive help, you guys. It really helps the visibility of this podcast. So I appreciate and thank you in advance for doing that. And last but not least, if you are interested in starting your own podcast, or perhaps you already have one and you need help with you know editing your audio and the production of it, I cannot recommend my producers enough. Resonate Recordings, you guys, they are the bomb. I rely on them. They are an absolute supportive tool to me and my podcast. So check them out and let them know that Black Belt Beauty sent you. And on that note, you guys, I'm signing off with all my love and always looking forward to catching you on the next.